Greg, we're excited that that uh, you're coming to town with uh, with Harvest, and there's so much excitement here in Atlanta. I got to tell you, I see a guy on my way into work every day, and he's got a Harvest bumper sticker on his car. And the other day, I'm, we're driving into work. It's like five o'clock in the morning, right? And I pull up next to him, like, "Hey!" And he's looking at me like, "Get away from me!" <laughs> <laughs> no, your bumper sticker. That's cool. We're gonna be there too. So yes, we are. We are pumped and excited that you're coming to town. But um, real quick, I was hunting around on your Twitter page, and I, you and I have some things in common. Uh, it looks like you're a Beatles fan. Yes, in fact, I just saw that movie last night, Eight Days a Week, the touring years. The documentary, how was it? You know, it's really good. You know, I, I've, I've followed the Beatles since it came out years ago. And uh, I think Ron Howard captured some elements there. It's almost like the next best thing to going to a Beatles concert, I think. Oh, they, cool. It was quite fascinating. And, man, you realize these guys were like in the eye of a hurricane. It was kind of unprecedented. Then yeah. I thought about the course their lives took afterwards and... The tragic end for John Lennon and mm-hmm. and even George Harrison and yeah. you know they they had it all. Man, did they have it all! But, yeah. Well, it wasn't so great once they got there. Right, right. It's a be careful what you what you hope and wish and pray for. True. But the other thing that you and I have in common, I heard that when you were a young man, yes. your mother used to take you to a bar. She would go to a bar, and you would you would have to hang out there with her. I pretty much lived in bars in my childhood. My mom was an alcoholic, and so I would just sit there and wait for her till mm. the late hours of the night and then drive home with her, with her at the wheel, totally drunk. Wow. And wow. it was kind of a scary way to be brought up, for yeah. sure. So I had you a, had that experience, too? Similar experience with my Uncle Max, and he wow. took me to Danny's Tavern every night when I was oh, in boy. seventh grade because my parents had just split up, and my mom and I moved in with him. And he, out of sympathy for me, didn't want me sitting home alone every night. He would take me with him, and I would do my homework sitting there in the neon glow of the bar lights. And when I was done, he'd give me quarters to play pinball. Oh boy! But yeah, but the one thing that I I can distinctly remember, even at that young age of twelve, is all the people sitting in that bar. They were lonely. They were yeah. hurting. They were in need of connection. And I couldn't help but think when I heard that about you, that that has to be part of what drives you to do what you do today. Yeah, it really does, Kevin. I mean, it's sort of like I've been there, I've done that, I've bought the T-shirt. You know, hmm. I wasn't raised in the church. Uh, I wasn't raised believing in Jesus. As I mentioned, my mom was an alcoholic. She was married and divorced seven times. I was constantly moving around the country. She had a lot of boyfriends in between. Uh, so, you know, at an early age, it got me searching for the meaning of my life. I thought, okay, life has to get better than this, but I didn't know where to look. And you know, when I hit my high school years, I was kind of walking in my mom's footsteps, drinking, smoking, partying, and all that. Then the drug drug culture was coming on strong, and I got into drugs, along with a lot of other people of my generation. And, you know, after a, a, about two years of that, I just thought, this is all so empty. So for me, uh, Kevin and uh, Taylor, coming to Christ was was really like a process of elimination. First, mm-hmm. I determined where the answer was not. And that got me searching, and then I heard the gospel for the first time, and I knew where the answer was. Man, your personal experience, Greg, must make it so, um, I don't want to use the word easy, but it must make you so relatable to people who get invited by their family and friends to come to things like Harvest Georgia to hear about Christ. Um, I, you probably know to, how to touch them right where they are in life. Well, you know, I don't. I think it's important to not forget where you came from, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I remember it well, even though I've been a Christian now for well over 40 years, 
45 years or so, I still remember vividly my life before Christ. And when I get to speak before uh, a group of people, I draw on that, but I also kind of know what they're going through. You know, what was sort of the exception when I was a kid is now the norm. You know, the exception when I was a kid was most people had intact families. There was a mom and a dad, and, you know, and maybe they went to church or at least had a moral compass of some kind. Uh, But nowadays, so many homes are broken. So very few people have that moral compass. It's like an entire generation is adrift. Mm -hmm. And so I can connect. You know, there's the largest group of people, the largest spiritual group in America today are called the nuns. Not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S. <laughs> and they're basically people that used to be affiliated possibly with Christianity or some other belief system, but now have just become sort of their own thing. And mm. you know what? I was a nun before there were nuns. Mm. You know, I was that guy searching, and now I'm the guy that has some answers. Not because I'm better than anyone, but I'm better off. Yeah, and I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. Okay, well the it. the wow. harvest is coming up this weekend at Infinite Energy Center. You can get all the details at thefishatlanta.com. Another message that you have too for for people that are already like we like to call in the club, people that are already Christians, been following yeah. Jesus for a while, is is that about you? Talk about world changers. Talk yeah. about that and define to us what is a world changer. Well, I'm doing a series right now at a church called World Changers, and it's based on Hebrews 11, which we often call the Heroes Hall of Faith. It's kind of the the rock stars of the Old Testament that <laughs> took their faith and put it into action. Great men and women. Well, let me restate that. Men and women who were quite ordinary, who believed in a great God. I mean, they weren't great in many ways. They were just as ordinary as you and I are, but they believed God. So I've called this a wor- uh, the series World Changers, and a world changer is basically someone that affects their surroundings. You know, one question I often ask is, are you a thermostat or a thermometer? Hmm. You know, a thermometer merely reflects the temperature. A thermostat controls the temperature. So my question is, are you a world changer, or is the world changing you? Hmm. You know, can you go into a room or into a setting or into a workplace or a campus or wherever you are and affect it because of your faith in Christ, or are you so worried about being different that you won't speak up for what is true? So, you know, a world changer is someone that stands their ground. A world changer is, well, I would say a true rebel in the best sense of that phrase, that that follows the Lord instead of marching lockstep with current culture. Mm. A world changer is someone that shares their faith. Greg, what would you say to someone who's listening right now to the fish and they're like, I don't know if I'm going to invite my neighbor or my friend to Harvest Georgia or not. I can't decide. Well, I would just say, I hope they would reconsider. And I heard your gas prices have gone up there in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, a little, <laughs> a little bit. bit. Yeah, so you've got a little bit of an issue there. So use your gas for God's glory now. Don't waste it. <laughs> you know, I love just, it. This, this is good use of your gas. And maybe the Lord will multiply it. I don't know. Probably not. But um, <laughs> here, here, let me just put it this way. There is no imp- more important thing than the salvation of your loved one. No more important thing. So, I mean, we have an amazing lineup at our event this weekend. Of course, uh, we have uh, Lecrae is going to be there on Friday night with Bill Wickham. Then on Saturday night, we have uh, Third Day and Phil Wickham. And then Sunday night, Chris Tomlin and again, Phil Wickham. So as you can see, musically, there's something for everyone. But even if these artists are not your favorite, it's not about you. You know, it's not about me. 
It's about Jesus, and it's about people meeting Jesus. And this event, from beginning to end, is designed for a non-believer. This is a service that maybe you've been looking for that you could take your non-Christian friend to, where you know they're going to hear what Jesus said and how to come into a relationship with him. But what we have discovered is 85% of those that make a profession of faith at one of our events were brought by a friend, Mm, not sent by a friend, brought by a friend. So the key is, right now, just start thinking about this, and I even challenge you to pray about it. Say, Lord, who do I know that I could bring to this event that does not know you yet? And just lay, lay them on my heart right now, and I think the Lord will answer that prayer. And then you call them up and you extend the invitation to them, and you might be surprised when they say yes. Hmm. That's awesome. We are so excited for Harvest Georgia this weekend, September 23rd through the 25th at Infinite Energy Arena. And Greg Laurie, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. You guys, thanks for having me on, and I hope to see you when I'm there. Yeah, we'll see you this weekend. Very good. Bye-bye.